Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. I'm your host, Celine Chenoy. Thank you to all of you who return every week to tune in to become a better version of yourself. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already, and rate our show if you enjoyed this episode. Many of us yearn to contribute to the world in meaningful ways. But instead, we often defer to traditional ideas of success. My guest, Steve Farrell, went on a journey from pursuing wealth to a more fulfilling life of service to others. He learned that each of us has the potential for profound change and to evolve consciously towards the highest version of ourselves. He's here to tell us more. Steve Farrell attained the pinnacle of success as a Silicon Valley entrepreneur founding two high-tech firms. Then he pivoted to lead Humanities Team, a global nonprofit helping people everywhere awaken to our interconnectedness through platforms such as their new Humanity Stream Plus streaming service, which features renowned and beloved leaders such as Greg Braden, Michael Beckwith, and Neil Donald Walsh. Steve details his journey from a young entrepreneur to a life in service to humanity in his new book, A New Universal Dream. In this interview, Steve will share a roadmap to greater awareness and hope for the future. He'll explain how we can become more conscious leaders in our families, workplaces, and communities while helping create a better world. Hello, Steve. How are you doing today? I am fantastic, Celine. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh, I absolutely love the work that you're doing and the message that you're spreading on your platform. I just think that it's so needed given the current state of our world today. Yeah, thank you. Well, boy, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, so we're not about uh, top-line growth or bottom-line growth. We're we're about really this moment and this great shift of the ages or this pivot into conscious living, this whole new way of living on the earth. And we're we're excited that people are paying attention and and starting the journey, stretching into the journey, all of these things. Yeah, and I think your new book is really going to help elevate that message. Thank you. I, you know, that's really why I wrote the book because I, I didn't write it because there were all these people all over the world that knew me, Steve Farrell, and said, Oh, I want to understand his 50 plus year true story. I, I wrote it because, in a sense, really all of us are pioneers right now on this conscious journey or this evolutionary journey. And uh, it's a delicious journey for sure. It's why people are tuning in here because they're living this way and they're deepening into it. But it also has these real arduous moments, these real challenges along the way, many actually. And uh, I tell that true story, you know, of kind of how uh, I came into these things as I was in Silicon Valley with yeah, that whole. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, let's get, let's get into that. That's actually how I wanted to start this interview. I mean, I really want to know how you began your mission because you had a successful career as a co-founder of two high-tech firms during the pinnacle uh, of uh, Silicon Valley success. But at some point you pivoted and uh, you, you started leading this global nonprofit called uh, Humanities Team. So uh, Steve, tell us what were the events and the critical moments that led up to this big shift in your career? 
So there were there were really three. If you were going to dissect that fifty plus years, there were really three areas or, or three parts of that storyline. The first, where I've got this mom that's divorced, a single mom raising seven kids in a fairly small, humble little home. So this is how I grew up. And then thirteen years later, I leave that home. I move out to Northern California, the San Francisco Bay Area, and I and I'm just really in the right time at the right place as I'm starting these two companies, these for profit companies, as you mentioned, based in Silicon Valley. And the internet was taking off. We were in this area of digital communications, and uh, we were we even though we started out as two guys with used furniture and a little executive suite. There was this huge opportunity, and we we rode that wave, so to speak. We helped organizations all over the United States in the first company, and then we added in Europe in the second one, uh, build these digital architectures supporting their their uh, campus-wide communications for larger companies like The Gap or Esprit or other organizations like that. So now during that time frame where I was uh, – and, and this was this was the time when I was exposed to things like private jets, even private ski areas. Uh, I had my personal awakening, and I'm guessing your viewers here have all had their own personal awakening ex- experience. My experience was I read Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God, Book One, in 1995 when it came out, and the the God, you know, or divine of my understanding was was the voice in that book i'd grown up really knowing and loving you know a, a god like this it loves us unconditionally it's not judging and there's certainly no um afterlife where where people are punished and things like that and uh and the, the book had such an influence over me that i read other books i st- started to get into the science of it and the mystical teachings of it and all of this and by the end of the 90s I lost my passion for for business, and so uh, there I was in all at that time because of the growth of these companies. They both grew into seventy five million dollar companies. I was invited into organizations that uh, were the elite in Silicon Valley, like in my particular uh, group, uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, who's now the governor of California. There mm-hmm. were sixty of them chapter. Uh, Hamid Mogadam was also a, a dear friend. In the chapter, he runs the largest real estate equity trust or REIT in the world today. So people that are real smart, uh, that are out doing important things. But after my personal awakening, I realized that I was being called to something much bigger, much more important. It's kind of where we started this call, where you were saying, hey, isn't it true that everybody's maybe being called to something right now? And I, I was called to that in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you got disillusioned with the corporate world and all, you know, just a very materialistic existence that it brings with that. So what was it about uh, the book Conversations with God that spoke to you and caused you to see the world differently? So one, let me just say what it was is a cognitive dissonance. So as I'm on like that private jet or skiing in that private ski area, on the one hand, because of the way I grew up, I was like, oh my God, this is really pretty unbelievable. And but then there was another part of me that was like, with all that's going on in the world today, is this really where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Are there more things that I could be doing that uh, with with other conscious leaders like yourself, Celine, people all over the world that are conscious leaders, 
uh, that can contribute, you know, to a world that's awakened and that becomes conscious in that. So, uh, yeah. and there was a moment in there in the nineties where I, I had to decide you can't have your feet in two worlds. You're, you gotta decide what world yeah. are both your feet going to stand in. And I decided I was going to stand in the awakened world where I understand I'm, I'm part of source itself or universe or God, whatever word we want to use as we all are, even the planet, animal and plant life. And, uh, and so I'm really basically a spiritual being inhabiting a physical body. Uh, yeah. and my, and I'm part of this one, you know, this universal consciousness that's animating the entire universe. And so once right. I, stood, I put my two feet in that reality, that that's a whole, you're going to live your life in a whole different way. Absolutely. But most people are not going to reach the level of success that you reached, Steve. So do people need to get to that level? of success to have that vantage point that you had to see that, Hey, this, at the end of the day, this doesn't really mean anything. It can't give you that sense of purpose. It can't give you that sense of connectedness, something, uh, you know, that's bigger than us. So do you think people would be able to reach that level of realization, even if they don't have that, uh, level of material success? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you my truth here. My, my truth is that, there are four levels of consciousness, subconscious, the things our heart that beats conscious where I'm going to go get a snack, a super conscious. I'm going to do something, uh, save somebody that's fallen down on tracks. Uh, and then supra conscious. This is, this is the conscious journey where we're really up there living as our bigger self, not as our smaller self. When we devote ourselves to that, to the living as our bigger self, where, yes, of course, we're going to support the cell uh, in the body of life that we are. But this bigger body is really where we're putting our attention to during this great shift or this pivot that's going on. When we decide that and where we decide that in a very pure way, what happens is is the universe looks at us like I'm going to use the metaphor of a pool with a faucet. And we're a faucet off of that pool. And the pool says, we're going to turn that thing all the way on. We're going to give complete there's going to be a wind at this person's back, this woman or this man. Resources are going to come to this person. Miracles will happen. You'll be, you're going to be guided. You're going to be supported. Everybody, in other words, will be used fully that makes this decision, that commits to conscious living this way. So this is what happened to me. It's, uh, and, and there's no preference. I, I am, I'm clear from my meditation and my daily practice. There's no favoritism and no, no, uh, Toward, toward anybody, it's simply a science of when we decide that I'm in and where we say I'm all in, we'll be fully utilized with what what, what skills and gifts that we have. So, so yes. So if you're that, open to it. So what you're saying is if you're open to it and we begin living our life more consciously, we can really yes. get that realization that you had. We'll be fully utilized. All of our gifts and skills will be used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you recommend any steps that people can take to begin that journey to begin awakening and to be more in touch with the kind of deeper, deeper strata of life. Yeah. So let me start with the three steps that I would absolutely recommend. The first step is education. So this, where we talk about conscious living with all of what is here, the physical realm, non-physical realm, spiritual beings inhabiting a universe, which means we're, or it's, it's, an, it's all energy and we have to set our vibrational point, all of these things use make use of the afterlife uh that's absolutely present uh education so this is why our nonprofit a 501c3 created 
a, a streaming platform. It's the most advanced conscious streaming platform in the world today. Uh, humanitiesteam.org. You can actually go to humanitystream.net uh, and you'll see it. And again, as a nonprofit, we're constantly bringing the price of it down to it's now $3.99 a year or $39.99 a month. And we're a nonprofit. So we have, we're a one for one. So every paid subscription, we give away a subscription mostly to people outside of the U.S. that where they can't afford uh, even an economical platform like this. Humanity Stream Plus has hundreds of these video trainings with all the scientists, the Nassim Harriman and Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton and all of these, you know, oh, scientists. Those are some and big names. Yep. The, the big names have come in. Yep. The spiritual leaders. Like you have Michael Beckwith as well. And of course, Neil Donald oh, yeah. Walsh himself. Yeah. Neil, Neil's a co-founder. He and I founded Humanities Team together 20 years ago. So he's okay. he's all he's yep. all in yeah. programs now, this mm-hmm. all the time. And then so many others, Ken Wilbur, you know, embodied practices. So we even have live programs sometimes three times a week. So think of it as where you're on the conscious journey, a place you can go for these amazing forbidden science with Nassim Harriman and Greg Braden that brings in, it's called forbidden science because you can't teach it in the classroom, even though it's true, you know, with research that backs it up, uh, which talks about this oneness, you know, where that, that we're inseparable from the universe and the universe is inseparable from us. Uh, That's interesting. That, Why do you call it for, a forbidden science? Is it because it's metaphysical in nature? So Greg Braden uh, went in the lead, helping us to create this. It's with also Nassim Harriman. And Greg was the one that insisted. He said, Steve, we have to call this forbidden science. I said, Greg, why are we calling it forbidden science? And he said, Steve, because in the classroom today, uh, grade school, high school, college, postgraduate, you can't teach this uh, science, which goes beyond just the physical science we grew up with. I'm a body. There's a physical universe. We can't teach the, the spiritual universe. It's all energy that's vibrational. Uh, you can't teach that in a classroom. You can't. Uh, so he said, we're going to bring it out. We're going to create a master class that brings in all of the latest science that's uh, peer reviewed, et cetera. Uh, so people can learn it this way. Okay. Yeah. Is it because people would, some people would still consider it very woo woo, so to speak? Uh, actually, it's because, um, you know, if we could go back and look at uh, Newton and Galileo and these scientists, right, from these earlier years, and and what happened uh, is they brought forward their research, and some were uh, put to death when they put brought forward their research. Others, like Galileo, were under house arrest to the end of his life. Because when you bring forward new research that that basically says there's a whole new ultimate reality, it's not the ultimate reality that we got it. See. Okay, uh, so you're trying to do a paradigm shift. That's yeah, why so, it, it, yeah. And the people that have built their whole careers around the old paradigm say, "Thumbs down, I'm not going with it." Right, got it. And I think that's what you're attempting to do in your new book, A New Universal Dream. Uh, so let's get into that, Steve. Tell us more about it. What is the basic premise of this book? Yeah, so the basic premise is that there is a universal consciousness that is animating all of life. You could also say the basic promise of the book, the basic premise or the basic promise, that there's a universal consciousness animating all of life in the universe. There's, so there's one presence. We're actually presence points in the universe, as is the earth, animal life, plant life, the 8 billion people 
on the earth. There's there are two other premise that follow that. The second premise is then that we're actually all designed as part of this one body, which means just like if you get married and that's your 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 functional unit uh, where you now have connection, connection. If you're mature, means I'm going to take responsibility. If you're mature, that means I'm going to take positive action. So all of these things now uh, come across are, are true here where we're designed as part of this universal conscious. We're connected to the world around us. So we're actually not designed to just ignore it. It's That's why the world is actually calling out to us now to be conscious. We're designed as like red blood cells or white blood cells in the body of this earth or actually the larger universe. Then the, the third premise or promise is that the more that we give ourselves away, or that is to say, come into service in a pure way, the better we feel. So those are the three premise or promises that uh, the book gets to. Okay. And how do we know that we're connected? Can we sense that? Or is there some other tangible way that we can feel this connection to this higher force? Absolutely. So let me just talk about it kind of now in this moment and then talk about it in a book context. So now in this moment, as we're conscious, you know, as you're talking to somebody or as you're with somebody where you're really with them consciously and you really feel their presence, you can you can actually in an instant kind of feel what's going on with people. Try that where you're in a grocery store or you're just out on a hike or something and you pass somebody for an instant. Just in an instant, you can actually feel into that person. You can feel their energy. You can feel the kind of person they are. We're, we're actually deeply connected. It's just that we haven't practiced awareness on that level where we're really presence uh, that way. So yeah. now in the uh, one of the examples I give to make this point is uh, there's a guy named Ken Baring, one of the billionaires out in the world who I've worked with for a little bit. Uh Based in California, he's he's passed away a few years ago. But uh, he was a guy that had all the toys. He even had his own NFL football team. He had the Seattle Seahawks. And he had 150 oh, okay. uh, antique cars and a museum. And he had a 30,000-foot a mansion. And he had 10,000 bottles of the best wines. And he had a 737 as his private jet. So you get the picture, right? Oh, yeah. Now, uh, but then he said, uh, he said, I didn't find happiness. He died at uh, or transitioned at 92 until I was 80. Why? Why was it? Why not until 80? He said, because I started a wheelchair foundation when I was 80. And what I realized is that when you give a, a simple little gift of a wheelchair to a person in need, it not only provides mobility for that person, but in these homes where there wasn't mobility, usually the whole family takes turns carrying the person around the whole family not just the individual without mobility is, is locked down, you know, in a prison kind of because of the, they, there's an inability for this person to have mobility. You give a simple wheelchair to an individual and the whole family uh, lights up and becomes free. And so he spent his last 12 years of his life with his wheelchair foundation, Ken Barron, giving wheelchairs away all over yeah. the world. Uh, this is where he finally found happiness. This is where that premise or promise comes in that the more we give ourselves away, the better we yeah. feel. I was with a lot of people that had unbelievable wealth. And I can tell you, financial wealth is just, it's like a, it's like that, that cartoon that we've all seen where there's this mirage of this oasis and you walk to it on the desert and then oh, it moved. 
You know, it's further right. up. You get in revenue, oh, it's 200 billion. You get to 200 billion, oh, it's now 400 billion. There's no yeah. there there. I don't know if you've heard, but I know that there are two kinds of happiness. One is hedonism, basically the ones that you get out of pleasure and consumption. And the other one is eudomania. I think they're Greek words. And eudomania comes from, as you say, giving and contributing to a higher cause. So I think that's probably what they were experiencing when he started the whole wheelchair foundation and things like that. Because that happiness is more purpose-driven as opposed to yeah. hedonism, which is all about just consuming things and getting more stuff. It is. So, and I'll just bring in one other thing. Again, you know, I've got this platform, this conscious streaming platform. So I'm working with hundreds of these leaders all over the world, including the near-death experience leaders, including the medium leaders. So like uh, Proof of Heaven was written by Dr. Evan Alexander. We created a masterclass with him. You, you you read his book or go through our masterclass or look at what other near-death experience people are sharing. And they're all essentially sharing the same thing. There's in the, there is an afterlife. There is actually, there's no such thing as death that we just transition out of a body into a non-physical realm. Uh, the whole universe is spiritual. And in that container, I'll call it of the afterlife, there's nothing but pure love. And we go through a life review process as we enter that realm and uh, the life review process is looking at, so it would include like Celine, you, me feeling your emotion as you were with me in my life and other imp- people throughout my life. I'm feeling their emotion as they were with me. And that's the whole life review. We're not looking at bank accounts or cars or vacation homes, or we're not even looking at what we were thinking. We're only looking at what people were feeling who were around us during our lifetime. So, and the mediums, again, bring this in. Uh, so there's if if we look at ultimate reality and understand the life that we're in right now, where I'm talking to you, I'm just in my physical realm now. I promise you, everybody's going to the non-physical realm at the end of their life. And it's valuable to understand that non-physical realm, how that works, what we're evaluating in this realm when we go there. Absolutely. And how do we get people to really care about these issues? Because to some people, this may seem kind of esoteric, especially when they're caught up in their day-to-day lives, they're trying to pay their bills, or, you know, the younger generation who is totally consumed with social media. How do we get people to actually care about these bigger issues that you talk about? For instance, global challenges like war, violence, inequality, and global warming. I mean, these are very, very important macro issues. How do we get people to get on board and say, okay, I have a vested interest in this and I I need to be part of the movement and I need to do something no matter what it is. So two things. Let me go first to let's go to somebody blue collar or white collar, just living paycheck to paycheck, barely making it. Okay. And they've got their job. So for most of these people that are in an unconscious world, and I could go back, I could call this myself after college where I had some certain jobs and you're just kind of bound by the clock, looking at what time it is. I've got to start my job in a half hour, take my take a shower and be there at my job. And then I'm going to, I've got to be there till four and I'm watching my clock. And then at four, I'm going and doing something. And then I'm looking at these bills and paying these bills. There's quite a lot of stress and tension in this kind of lifestyle. Uh, it's not very fulfilling. Uh, it's quite challenging, actually. There's a, and there, there's a lot of stress and uh, even, you know, illness that often comes out of lifestyles like this. So 
people today that are unconscious, this is, this is kind of how life works. Now, when we become conscious, we start living this holistic lifestyle. We start creating our own daily practice where we're connecting with this whole universal consciousness through prayer or meditation or stillness or walking in nature or whatever practice we create where we're coming into the frequency of, I'll call it nature. Uh, or in the night sky the uh, and the universe around us. We start creating that practice with intention where we're living into it of, I want to be my best self, my most loving self, my most giving self, where we're, where that's a part of that, of that daily practice. And we're living holistically, which is bringing in mental, emotional, physical. So now we're talking about how we eat, how we drink, how we sleep, even the clothes that we wear, you know, media that we watch. Where we, where we go to this kind of style of living with daily practice and holistic styles of living with heart coherence, which is a part of this, it's really, uh, I, I look at it as kind of the same thing as uh, holistic living. Uh, it changes. We're not any longer just looking at our watch, uh, starting the job, looking at when we're going to finish the job. It's no longer just about the clock and these stress points of going to this thing and then the next thing and the next thing. We more, for me, the term I would use is like I'm on I'm on a raft that's floating up above the whole worldly up and down roller coaster thing that I used to experience when I wasn't conscious. We're more floating up above. We still have challenges. I could, if we had a longer program, I could take you through challenges. There are plenty of them in my life still. But I'm coming from a whole different place. I'm more like floating. I'm in this uh, reality, you know, a couple thousand years ago, uh, it was stated, look at the birds of the air. You know, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, right? It was talking about a way of living. That quote was, this is the same thing where we're living consciously with our daily practice and eating right and sleeping right and so on. And where we're creating a circuit of, of frequency with nature and the world around us. It's a whole different way of living. This is where part of what I get into in my book, where I talk about a new universal dream, and I contrast this, what we're talking about, with the American dream, where we're climbing a ladder toward power and uh, fame and fortune and things. And and I, I can promise you, people don't find real joy and happiness and delicious living there, but they do. And we can from any home, anywhere on the planet, this other way in conscious living. Now, the only other thing I'll share as a second way of coming at this is, you read the newspaper accounts now, and there are people feeling isolated, disempowered, the great resignation, people leaving jobs because they feel like there's not deeper meaning here, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm really not living my purpose, right? Uh, and then collectively, my God, look at the drumbeat right now with the extreme weather tied to global warming and Ukraine exactly. war and all of these things. So yeah. when mm-hmm. the- we, I think we had two hurricanes within a span of, I think, and then Maui, you know, a couple of weeks and, now- and Maui, yes, yeah. This is clearly telling us something. The universe mm-hmm. is saying, pay attention, pay attention. And when we pay attention and start living this way, I'm going through the microcosm of how good it feels. When we get to tipping points, so Celine, you and me and your viewers and others are all starting to live this way. Boom, macrocosm kicks in with tipping point. That's why it's called tipping point. Is there's a new way of living that emerges on the earth where we're stewarding the planet and we're not starting wars and we're not starting businesses that... Uh, create uh, harm for the planet rather than nurturing. Okay. My listeners, they've listened to you and they feel very inspired. They want to do something. They want to be part of this movement. What are some things that they can start doing to, to contribute? I mean, one is obviously joining your platform, but besides that, is there any steps that they can begin to take 
to really feel like that they're contributing in a meaningful way. Let me, um, I brought in education earlier, but let me, let me add two to education. So education, which we talked about, the other is embody and express. So education is just creating awareness where now we understand like the forbidden science of, oh my gosh, I've gone through the forbidden science program and I now understand this whole quantum physics that says everything is deeply connected and it's actually one presence. Or I've gone through soul's calling you know, with Michael Beckwith and Neil Donald Walsh. I understand how what my soul's calling is. So we start with these, with creating awareness, but the next step then is embodying and expressing. If without embodying and expressing, it's like creating this incredible meal that we set on the table and we don't eat it. (laughs) So we don't want to do that. I mean, it's natural after we educate to want to embody, live into these teachings, right? I was just taught of quantum physics and I'm a cell in this body of the universe around me. Start living into that. Start giving uh, your time to something. I'm now uh, 20 years ago. I started humanities team with Neil Donald Walsh. I'm, I'm not even 20 years later. I'm not paid now. Uh, of course, I could afford that too. Cause I created prosperity there back in the nineties that supports me and my family, but I decided I'm going to just start giving myself away and I'll, the better I'll feel. So embody and express is step two. Step three is engage others. So Celine, just like you are here where we're together with your viewers and listeners, um, Engage others, invite people to it, and talk about uh, what's working for you and things that are challenging. Get into the things that are challenging, too, so people can see that it's not like we're all walking on water or, or perfect or excellent all the time, but we are doing our best, and we're living into it as fully as we can, and it is actually a really delicious way of living. I'm sure this is why you created your Dreamcatcher podcast, yep. is you this dream. You're going to get this dream out there for people to see and understand, feel, taste, and touch. So this is the third one is engage others. Okay. Thank you for breaking that down for us. And I just want to touch on one more thing that I found really interesting because I, I resonate with with what you, what you stated. You, You write that learning our place in the larger cosmic and quantum world helps us all understand just how connected every one of us is to the greater whole, including the greater galaxy. Uh, could you please elaborate on this point? Because I know that this is, um, this is something that I picked up from Carl Sagan. I don't know if you're familiar, but he was this famous astrophysicist. He did the Cosmos series. And I, I yeah. absolutely love I absolutely love his philosophy. And uh yeah, when I read that, I was like, I'd love for you to talk talk more about that. Yeah, Carl Sagan, what a great leader. So uh so there are many things that come in that are you could call it a universal consciousness um and uh, and even effects on our planet. So one is, as I mentioned. The Conversations with God series, you know, some of your viewers may be familiar with it. It's a nine series of books. Neil Donald Walsh started writing them. The- yeah. Okay. So his yeah. last book, ninth book, was called Awaken the Species, and it brings in these 17 uh, things that that highly evolved beings in other parts of the universe do to live in this really in a highly evolved state. So uh, one of them is that you share everything all the time. Another one was that you never compete. So there are 17. Uh, by the way, uh, Neil and I created a master class called the Art and Science of Conscious Living. And, and for the first time in 20 years, this is a master class. We just brought it out in the last month where people can go through and name their own price, including zero. So they could go to humanitiesteam.org and uh, they could they could look at this all 16 modules. And if they don't have the budget, 
for, for no money at all, they can go through the, the entire masterclass, which talks about it brings in all these 17 highly evolved being uh, states that were part of what were in this book called Awaken the Species. And it talks about how we can create this journey to a sustainable and flourishing earth. So uh, the, the universe. I, I'll make sure I add the link in the description. That, that's very yeah. generous of both of you. Yeah, that's such a wonderful resource. Yeah, this is such an important time. We're really putting our money where our mouth is. The uh, Also, my book, A New Universal Dream, all of that yes. revenue. Vanity's team, I'm not getting any revenue from it. It's really just there to support people on, on the conscious journey and to support our reach and impact all over the world as we're supporting people. The um, One of the things that's really neat, like in this masterclass, but with all of our future educational programs is, we're now translating in over 70 languages, these programs. So like we have a country coordinator in, in over 65 countries. We were just in a meeting with our country coordinator, Ian, who's in South Africa. And he said, these are all the languages in Africa. And we already had five of them. And we're going to go uh, as quick as we can and add the other ones. Uh, so isn't that neat? You can be anywhere in the world and go through this program and not even pay any money. And it's translated in, in uh, over 70 languages right now. Wow, you're you're really contributing to a major shift on the planet by doing that. You're making it accessible to everyone. Thank you. And this is, by the way, I want to go back to your question earlier, where you said, "Well, what about people that don't have the skills and didn't, you know, can they be used or could they find the same things?" Yes, 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 yes. So, just align. I call it aligning with the divine, you know, but you could call it aligning with the world around you or the universe. Uh, just align in the most pure way that you know how to just want to support people on this journey and watch how I had this programmer. He likes to go by the name Juicy Life come in uh, and he said, Steve, you know, nobody in the industry can translate in more than five languages. We're going to go to 75 right now. You know, so the universe brought this guy in, <laughs> you know, and other people. I work with partners and colleagues like him that are all over the world that are that are supporting this whole streaming platform and stuff. And and it's I promise you, everybody listening just step into the thing that you're called to. We're all called to different things, right? There's diversity and unity. So step into the thing that you're being called to and watch, just watch the universe support you. Wow. Steve, uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, you shared so much wisdom and profound insights with all of us today, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Total, total pleasure, Celine. Yeah, Godspeed yes. to you, your uh, dream catcher. Thank you so much. And I just want to let everyone listening know that please, please get a copy of A New Universal Dream. Um, it has such an important message that I think all of us really need to need to be aware of. And uh, it's available wherever books are sold. And you can find it on Steve's website, stevefarrell.org. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.